Hi there, you are listening to the Guitar Speak podcast coming to you from Sydney, Australia, where we speak to amazing guitar players, luthiers, gear builders, pretty much anyone doing amazing things in the world of guitar. My name's Matt Wakeling, and thank you so much for joining us for episode 14 of the Guitar Speak podcast. Episode 14. Now we're doing something a little bit different this week. We are speaking to the guys from the Amps and Axes podcast from Baltimore in the United States. Now Amps and Axes is a really great podcast. It's hosted by Jeff Boba and Mick Marcelino. You might recognize Jeff's name as the guy behind Buddha Amps that came out in the 1990s. Boutique, low wattage, beautiful sounding amps. He's now running a company called East Amplification and we find out a little bit about that during the show. Now Mick's a big ACDC fan, he's into the metal, he's a great guitar player, and like me, loves Ace Freely. Why wouldn't you? Now early on in the days of the Guitar Speak podcast, uh, when, I, when I first started on Instagram, um, I got in touch with, uh, with, with the guys. Mick actually gave me a bit of help. Um, he wanted to listen to my latest episode, which wasn't coming up. There was a bit of funny RSS feed business going on, and um, he gave me some good advice. Mick, I thank you. I do. So what you're going to hear today is it's kind of like a dual interview. Um, the guys ask me about you know our show here, Guitar Speak Podcast. I ask about their show and, and their background and, and that kind of stuff. So it was fun to hang out with those guys and talk guitars for a while. Now, if you're visiting from Amps and Axes, um, what you're about to hear today, it's pretty much the same as episode 136 of Amps and Axes. Um, because, yeah, like I said, it's... it's it's kind of like a double interview, so um, it's our episode this week, and it's Amps and Axes episode this week. All right, you still with me? I feel like I need a flowchart or something this week. Anyway, you get the idea. So here we go. Here's my conversation with Jeff Boba and Mick Marcelino from the Amps and Axes podcast here on the Guitar Speak podcast. Here we go. All right, and we are back, as promised, with our guest of the week, all the way from the entire other side of the globe, and and then some, because I think there's like a fourteen hour yes, difference fourteen hours. So it's it's a little more than halfway. So yeah, but we're back with our guest of the week from uh, Guitar Speak podcast on the other side of the globe, Mr. Matt Wakeling. Matt, how are you? Hey, I'm great, guys. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Mick. Hey. Welcome, uh, welcome to Australia this time of the well, the morning for me, but um, evening for you. <laughs> true. Yeah. True. Yeah. And and uh, occasionally both times require coffee, you know. So. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I was I was falling asleep on the way here. <laughs> but you got your monster. You're good. Yeah, I'm good. You got the monster. Good. Yes. All right. So cool. how's uh, Bel- uh, Baltimore? Baltimore is good. Baltimore is. Um, it, it, we we described it at the beginning of the podcast as soupy today. It's soupy. really okay. hot and really moist. So you know, imagine the hottest spot in Australia. It's not that hot. Yeah. <laughs> I, okay. I doubt it's as hot as the desert. It's the desert's drier, but you know what's crazy is is uh, I've read things you know about Australia and they, mm-hmm. you got a lot of critters or animals that are oh, really yeah. Yeah. really dangerous. <laughs> yeah, well, quite a few of them want to kill you. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, you know. They got some serious animals going on over there, mm-hmm. you know? It's like everybody's like, oh, Australia, it's so great and beautiful. And then you look at it and you're like, they have lizards that grow to the size of you. Well, yeah, yeah, a couple. A couple. A couple. 
Not wandering the streets though. Like, no, that's good. Not in the suburbs. It's just so. the dingoes, right? Didn't, well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, didn't a dingo yeah, snatch a baby that. one time or something? Oh, I think yeah, I've read that. Yeah, a while back. That was a long time ago. That's still, you know what? It, it's still cool because they gave us Airborne and a, and ACDC, <laughs> AC right? Even yeah, though, even yeah. though those well, guys are Scottish, first, but yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm thinking there's somebody else too. I know I'll think of it. Eventually. Well, yeah, uh, the 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 band that uh, uh, the the guys, the Vegemite Sandwich guys. What was the name? Oh, of? right, right. Uh, Men at work. <laughs> Men at work. Men at work. That's right. We could pass them. We really don't have to have that. But that was oh, a big on. band. That, that was a period out. in time. That, yeah. was, that was good. That was yeah, early '80s. Oh yeah, huge here, obviously, and um, mm-hmm. yeah, cracked it over there. Yeah, and we got Abbott, actually. It's funny. I was, um, this week, uh, just a couple of days ago, I was talking to a good mate of mine, David Moyes. And um, he was the guitarist in Air Supply. Oh wow! Um, huh. Back back in the he played with them in their heyday. So he joined, I think, around '78. Left about '84. And um, in that period, uh, I think '79. That's when they cracked in America. Yeah, about I guess about yeah. that time. Yeah. And so Air Supply. Wow. Yeah, there's a few bands that 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 got there, but um, yeah, it used to be a big thing for Australian bands. You know, can we crack it in? in the states and and it was tough for a lot of them i think the first ones were um there's little river band i don't know if you guys have heard of them oh yeah yeah uh, absolutely because um later in their career a good friend of mine tony shuto uh, played with them for a long time and he's okay he's okay. pretty famous here in Baltimore. yeah yeah absolutely yeah. oh cool yeah so um so there was those guys this is sort of mid 70s i guess acdc was starting to to hit you know shortly after then and um yeah, yeah, it's been a little bit of back and forth. Probably we've we've got more from you than than, than you've heard from us, I guess. Well, you know, you you uh, Frank Mbali is a shredder from uh, Australia. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. he he's he's the guy who invented sweep picking. Absolutely true. Yeah. I mean, true. He, he invented it. I was just watching a video of his the other day. Yeah, mm-hmm. on Facebook. Yes. Yeah yeah. 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 That guy is amazing. Yeah. What he can do. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He's uh, yeah, he's from Canberra in Australia, which is the, it's the set, it's the capital of Australia, but it's sort of, I would say, in the middle of nowhere. It's sort of equally between Sydney and Melbourne, um, because when uh, when Australia federated, um, both Sydney and Melbourne wanted to be the capitals, so so they thought, well, let's just create a whole new town in between, and that'll that'll be it. But um, <laughs> Frank's brother um, Nunzio, he um, he had a guitar shop called Pro Audio in Canberra. And I think they were, they were some of the first guys to import boogie stuff. Wow. And Warmoth as well. I bought a Warmoth neck oh. off those guys back in, um, I don't know, the early 90s or something. Well, I always they... wondered if it had come with a free sweet picking lesson, but it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, our last guest, Sully, uh, from Sully Guitars, mm-hmm. John Sullivan, he knows, yeah. he, he knows Ken Warmoth who, you know, of course, is warm with bodies and necks and all that stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's where they all got their start, you know. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. that was, a, it was a, And now they're, you know, you hear about all this ghost building and everything. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure Warmoth builds guitars or the parts for companies, 
and then they put their own label on it, you know. Because mm-hmm. like, a lot of companies do that, you know, when they it's kind of built to their spec and you know things like that. Yeah, and it's one off. You know, you can't like they won't sell it to regular customers. I, mean, I do that with with my speakers. You know, I don't yeah. personally build my own speakers, but they're built to my spec, and I put yeah. you know our label on them. So, you know. Well, you know, yeah, the, cool. yeah, especially certain things like that. Right. You know, <laughs> it's like I'm doing this in my basement. Machining frames. Hey, speaking of Sully, I love the um, the interview last week. He's a, he's a good guy. Hey, he is. Yeah, we've yeah, had him really on is. twice, and we met him at Nam, and uh, just a, just a real fun guy to hang with, and and you know he's quick. He's got a he's got mm-hmm. a good sense of humor too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. So he, have, um, you, have you ever been to the US? About... I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. When um, when Sully was talking about Nam, um, it sounds like he was sharing a booth with Ormsby Guitars. Yes, and they're um, they're an Australian company as well. They're from Western Australia, so right across. Oh, look at that! Nice. Uh, and I was Western I was going to ask, have you ever been to the states? Uh, no. The closest I've got was Guam. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, there you go. That's kind of close, uh, but you know, <laughs> four hour well, plane yeah, ride. You, know, you get there. Territory, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's one of your territories. It is. Um, yeah. Yeah, that was that was as close. I, I did some playing there. Um, I think it was 1998, I think. Went over there with um, did some um, did some youth music festivals and, and, and things like that. Wow! So you are um, you are a player as well? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, first and foremost, I guess. Started when I was around eleven years old, and I've uh, been doing it ever since. Which was, you know, a few years ago. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm 45, so yeah, I've been doing it, doing it for a while. Very cool. Very now, what, cool. what got you into doing the, the doing the podcast? Because see, I always ask yeah. what got you into playing, but you went straight to what got you into the podcast. But that's no, that's cool. It's, well, we can go how, back how did that? Yeah, how did that evolve? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, which one? Which the, one? Okay, the podcast. podcast. Um, I've I've loved radio for years. Um, you know, here in Australia, and so I guess the last few years I've been getting into podcasts. Um, um, you know, radio on demand, really, which is which is awesome. So, um, yeah, I've been listening to lots of stuff, lots of music stuff. I hadn't really got into guitar podcasts much, which is kind of weird because guitar is the big deal for me. Um, uh, I don't know, maybe I wasn't looking very hard, but I didn't find many that I liked. Some of them were just, um, I don't, I don't know, just just grumpy guys, um, you know, <laughs> angry at. at, at everything (laughs) angry at everything yeah Yeah, i i don't like those guys yeah 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 it's like let's let's talk about the fun stuff (laughs) totally let's flip the coin but um yeah i heard uh when jude gold put out no guitar is safe um Uh, i I saw that somewhere online and and listened to them and then he gave you guys a shout out maybe i maybe second or third episode mm -hmm, in so um so i've been listening to you guys for about a year and um loving it i said doug dug back through um through your back catalog which is um which is amazing you guys have been going for like i know it's getting near three years or something hey two and a half two and a half years end of this year will be three years yep yep wow man that's that's cool that's so cool so yeah um i haven't really explained my podcast um yeah yeah i've I've, um so i guess listening to you guys i thought wow you know there's a lot of guitar players in australia i'd love to talk to and find out their stories and i like your format and and, and Jude's as well, really, when you get to talk long enough to someone to really, um, yeah, find out what they're about rather than just getting a quick snapshot. So, yeah, I yeah, started that. We started up in April this year, so we're pretty new. We've um, I've just put out my 13th episode. and Cool. 
um, predominantly Australian guitarist, although there's been a bunch of international um, players I've spoken to in the last couple of weeks as well. But we're slowly rolling those interviews out. So it's been fun. Cool. It's been fun. I mean, honestly, I'm cool. just talking to people I would like to talk to and just asking the sort of questions I would like to ask and you yeah, know, I, I, I think I think that comes that off well. I think that comes off as as the most natural and and true sure. and and most times interesting. You know, I mean, uh, you know, sometimes you'll get a hold of um, uh, an agent and they'll go, "Okay, well, talk about the new album and all this other kind oh, of stuff." And it's know. like it's it yeah. just turns out to be a canned <clears throat> yeah. interview, and you know, you can uh-huh. find that anywhere. Yes, you can, and you're going to find it in a hundred places when somebody puts out a new album and it's <laughs> and it's a big artist. You know, that same canned interview yeah. is going to be everywhere. You know, we like to go, no, no, no. Okay, we, we know you got your new album out, and, and that's great, and we'll totally tout that, and so will 99 other people. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. you know, we want to talk about how, how you got to where you are now, and that's that makes it interesting for us, and I hope our listeners too, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, wow, man. He's how, like, um, you're like Amps and Axes uh, 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 West. <laughs> really west, really west, well, east, really east. But, I don't know which way. But you know, you if you if you think about it, though, uh, you know, we don't know, and it's so funny because even though the world is so highly connected, we only know the bands that really, really make it out of your country, probably the same way that you know the bands that come out of our country the same way. Yeah, and, sure. And yeah. you know, but there's tons of guitar players. Who was that band that we saw at the PRS experience, Jeff? What were they called? Something Mary? Um Oh, um, oh. Uh, Electric Mary. Electric Mary. Oh, Electric Mary, yeah. Yes. Yeah. We met and hung with those guys. What the what a great what bunch a of guys. Blast. And they rock, man. Those yeah, guys rock. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, they're from uh from Melbourne, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. The drummer's yeah. like a guitarist mute? Jack Jones. Was that the guitar player? Or Erwin Thomas? Oh I, man, I, it's I, been years. It was three oh, or okay. four. Okay. It was probably oh, it was now, probably Jack. Yeah. Well there's um there's a guitarist in I'm sure he was in that band. Um yeah, like it's confusing. His given name is Erwin Thomas, okay. but he was in a sort of a pop rock band in the nineties called Southern Sons, and he was known as Jack Jones. That was his stage name. Jack um, Jones. I'm sure he goes on his uh, given name now, Erwin Thomas. And um, yeah, he is an unbelievable guitar player. Very, very cool. He, um, yeah, I'm sure he was playing in Electric Mary um, for for quite a while, if, if not still doing that. Yeah, that was yeah, an awesome he's band. Awesome. Of, I met him once, yeah. and. Um, just said hey just i wanted to tell him how much of a great player he was and how much i like his playing and, and straight away he just wanted to talk about um hendrix and have you heard the new michael landau album and <laughs> so uh that's cool yeah man well you know landau's no slouch oh no wow. yeah yeah <sighs> no he gets it done yeah totally yeah yeah a little bit <laughs> but yeah hey, they... i want to ask you guys i've got a theory um it's sort of related to that when whenever i talk to great players whether it's on a gig or you know some of the people i get to interview um it seems like the really good guys are they're always they're obviously really passionate about music and they always want to talk about other players more than themselves they always you know they don't there doesn't seem to be that sense of competition there just seems to be a real joy in playing the instrument and sharing it and um yeah wanting to talk about what they love and 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 what they've gotten out of the instrument well i i think once you get past like if you're a younger player and you're just starting to break you know a, a lot of a lot of them it, there's a bit of ego involved and and yeah. you know there there has to be a little bit in the beginning you know if you want to just 
pump yourself a little bit. You know, sure. you maybe you have to show sure. yourself your own ego or something. But yeah. after after a while, they're kind of comfortable in their skin. They are, and yeah. and they really. You know, how many people really want to talk about themselves twenty four seven? Because that's that may be enjoyable to someone else, but what's really enjoyable to them is to talk about the stuff that's enjoyable to them. You know, and that's where yeah. their influence. They talk about their influences and that all mm, where all yeah, that yeah. comes from, and giving props, yeah. um, and still enjoying what other people put out. You know, it's once you get past a certain point, it's not all about you. It's about. Yeah. You, know, you didn't get here by yourself. You know there were people that helped you get here. There are people that you that you learned from, you were influenced from, you borrowed from sure. to get here. Yeah, and and give props, man. But uh, uh, we, we've got a thing in Australia. It's called the tall poppy syndrome, and it's good and it's bad. But it's what it means is if if someone gets too big ahead, um, they get cut down by their mates or <laughs> or people who are not their mates. You know, they, <laughs> That, that whole thing it's kind of good it's kind of it's kind of negative as well um yeah and what, what's but it called it, again the tall poppy. Oh, the tall poppy syndrome tall so poppy if a flower syndrome. gets too high the yeah. other the others will cut it down to size is that anything wow. like lsd the lead singer disease because <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's worldwide be perhaps yeah. totally yeah. totally yeah <laughs> That's why it's not called amps, axes, and microphones. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch! Really? Yeah. Well, you know. Hey, how about you guys? What what started you guys off with um, with your podcast? Uh, well, me, me and Jeff used to go to dinner all the time. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I I think you probably you had you definitely had the seed for this. Yeah. So I was producing uh, two comedy podcasts that are local. Okay. And uh, I I just saw, you know, and I listened to a lot of podcasts, and then I saw the numbers that Adam Carolla was making, and I was like, oh, there's something to this. So then um, my my wife and I, we would go to uh, dinner with uh, Jeff and his wife, and uh, we would just have these long conversations, and they always ended up just being what we do right now. Uh-huh. And, yeah. and so then... I thought about it, and I was like, well, I know Jeff doesn't know what a podcast is, but I'm going to throw it at him. So I came up with the whole you know, thing, and I said, hey, how about this? And he went, yes. And it was because it was the year of yes <laughs> that you said. You just said, just say yes yeah, and figure out how to do it later. You know, so uh, we, we did it, and it was January 1st of 2014. Uh-huh. And, uh, cool. yeah. and it was like... Hey, that went pretty good. And then we got it, it, our, the first couple. It was just you and I, yes. you know, and then we figured, well, you know, we'll, we'll see we'll, if we can get a guest. We'll have guests. And then we got Matt Jones. Yeah. And Jason Schroeder. They were very early on. One, right. I right. think they were one and two. On but it's like, list. you know, we can, we can have the same pod, same conversation we have at dinner and then throw a guest in there. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it just kind of worked. And it, it just rolled right along. And here we are. Yeah. And, you That's know, great. That's it, cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's um. It, it was it, there really wasn't any kind of format in the beginning, but I think you know after we had done it for a few episodes, it just it, it, it just yeah it kind of organically grew into okay this this kind of thing this kind of format works yeah. we'll do this and then we'll bring the guest in and then it just it turned into having its own format and that's what we followed for a, a yeah. long time now yeah 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 and you know we don't it, there's been a couple people that have asked uh, you know like. 
you guys gel so good together. You, you, you have this thing. They're like, what do you do? And I'm like, well, there's no magic stones. It's just the way we are. We're, I, I'm more, um, you know, I'm more from the metal side. Jeff is very, uh, classic rock blues oriented mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and it just, we just get along. Yeah, it works <laughs> in that sense. You know, we both agree on a lot of things and then I have some knowledge on this side and Jeff has a lot of knowledge on the other side. And then it just all kind of that whole gap, I guess, is just kind of filled. Right. You know, yeah, and, and that's kind of an important thing because then we can talk to like the guy from Slipknot and and, you know, I know his stuff, not so much yeah. Jeff, but he knows who they are, you mm-hmm. know, because of me. And then we'll talk to some guy that I'm like, who is this guy? <laughs> and, and, but I know. Him, and then so. there's, you know, yeah, Jeff knows him. And then I see this, this, uh, you know, this, uh, this history of this guy. And I'm like, oh, my God, you know. And so that's the one thing, too, that we try to do is not so much the actual mainstream guys, but the guys that are kind of like with maybe the mainstream guys or just mm-hmm. musicians yep. that are working. And that seems to work yeah, pretty know. good, too, because... You hired know. guns have a lot of stories, you know, and sometimes oh, they have and more people, stories. People behind the scenes have a lot of stories. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that I loved. Yeah. Um, I've loved heaps of your episodes. There was one. Um, I forget the guy's name, but he he teched on the Ringo Star tour, and he I think it was he Niels Lofgren's tech. He was. As well. He was. That's John, John Gosnell. Gosnell yeah. yeah, good friend. Yeah, of mine. I mean, yeah. how awesome was that? Hearing what a tech does and um, <laughs> all that behind the scenes stuff. That was super cool. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, well, absolutely. you know, we we know a couple of the, well, Jeff knows a lot of those guys, but uh because of what Jeff does sure. and um yeah. it's always interesting because you know, a lot of times a lot of artists don't even know, you know. They're like, "No, this is my number one." And mm-hmm. then they go, "Hey, Bill, what's in it?" You know, they don't even know what kind of pickups are in it. Right. You know, right. Uh, what year is that? You know, it's, it's a lot of that. And unless it's a Joe Bonamassa or somebody that's a real gear-oriented guy, Sure. But a lot yeah. of these guys, they just don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like, well, well, I don't know. Ibanez designed it. <laughs> I approved it. And yeah. here it is. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, Matt, you were you were playing for a while. How long did you play? And you obviously were doing some touring. What's your, uh, what's, what's your musical background? And is there anything other than a musical background for you in this industry? Um, yeah, well... Um, to work backwards my day job i'm a high school music teacher so there's music all day long it's uh it's me teaching it that's that's all so that's what i'm doing these days i've been doing that for about eight years and i love it it's really it's great that's Um, awesome yeah man yeah it's cool you you meet some great kids and um yeah just getting people making music together is 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 great um so i still do i still play yeah it's a semi-professional sort of level so i do cover bands and wedding bands um uh, I play at my local church, which is great. I do, um, I do an ambient solo sort of thing sometimes. That I, don't, I haven't done lots of that lately. Um, so bits and pieces. Um, a, a mate's post rock record. I'm doing a little bit of tracking on that at the moment. So bits and pieces. Most of my um, yeah, my paid gigs these days are like covers and and functions. Well, functions uh, functions pay well. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They and do. there's usually good food as well, which is always good. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now, uh, a, friend, a friend and I were measuring um, uh, whether you take the gig based on so many things, like can you get your gear into the venue easily? Uh, <laughs> uh, is there good food? Can mm-hmm. is, is 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 the cafe still open at one a.m. when you've got three sets to go or something? 
absolutely uh, <laughs> you know the extra musical factors can roll in but um yeah that, that that's what i'm doing but uh yeah started playing when i was uh just starting high school um it took me a long time to get through happy birthday um <laughs> but once i did i started working at acdc tunes which i'm not rocket science you know um but yeah that was good i sort of felt like i was getting somewhere when i started learning songs and just got into it um i started when i mentioned church music the church i went to had um lots of uh, professional and semi-professional musicians that would be playing alongside you know the weekend warriors like me who who you know were just sort of joining in so i got uh, mentored by some really really great players um, mm. david Moyes, i just mentioned the air supply guy he was one of those um <laughs> i worked as a music director in a large church for about 10 years mm. um which was great when i say large church um it's like you know like a thousand seat auditorium with a a nice pa and and yeah, you know, good team of musicians. So that was wow. that was really cool. <laughs> wow. yeah. I'm, I'm rocking this the churches weekend, no, and, man. And, and that's, <laughs> that's that's it's kind of a, you know uh, enlightening to hear because that's I I, I have a lot of clients mm-hmm. that play in, in their churches. house of worship, yeah. you know, whatever mm-hmm. whatever they call them. But it's 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 really it's a big thing now. You know? Oh yeah, sure, my neighbor's yeah. brother is a piano player. He plays for four churches. Oh my goodness! That's his salary. Wow. That's how he makes his living. Wow. Okay. Wow. Yeah, because he, you know, they pay him oh, to yeah. come in because it's a no-brainer, right? He doesn't even have to learn the songs. Mm-hmm. He just sure. comes in and plays. Them. Well, if he can read, yeah, you don't have to learn. And, 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 and he was a teacher. <laughs> they, they they pay for rehearsals. Yeah, they pay for rehearsals, and it's tax-free. <laughs> Well, in, in, America. in America, I don't know, yeah, I don't right. know about <laughs> Australia, but in America, it's tax-free. Right, it's okay, a, it's a charity. Yeah, cool. Wow, Matt's Matt's going to so, get on a plane. <laughs> going to go play churches in the U.S. now. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, it's funny. I was listening to um in the when Jude Gold interviewed um the guy from Snarky Puppy. Is it Mark Latiri or someone? I think so. Um, yeah, the fusion ego kind of guy. Yeah, he was um he was talking about playing in churches, so he was busting out some of the gospel riffs that. That, that we play in some of the tunes here as well so that was kind of cool wow that. well who yeah. is this like at my church is pretty it's um it's it's gone a bit serious uh, i mean in a good way like we've um we've just moved our amps off stage which is a good or a bad thing depending wow. on your you got in-ears yeah we, we're running in-ears now um <laughs> that's a which production. is awesome for having a good mix on stage and and having a, a good individual mix we're running these allen and heath mixes um individual mm-hmm. mixes which is cool um yeah, the guitar players. We do miss the the wind uh, rushing from our amplifiers and right. ruffling our trousers. The and... wind beneath your knees. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> um, but we're you know we're finding ways around that. So the good news pro- is, if your room's off stage somewhere, you can turn it up to to ten or twelve or wherever it goes to, and sure, get it yeah. working that way. Now uh, they it, probably have video production there too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah, lots of video production. Um, <laughs> That's a yeah, big church, lo- man. Lots of stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's funny. The um, I'll, I'll play a gig on a Friday or a Saturday night uh, and get paid well for it, um, and I'll just rock up with my amp, and it might get mic'd up, it might not, depending on the venue, and we'll just smash it out. There might be a sound guy. We might be doing it ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I get to church Sunday morning or Sunday afternoon. We're running maybe four or five songs. Um, and we'll spend time just getting them really tight, and uh, you know the sound out front's really, really great. And, wow! Uh, yeah, it's just a, a different thing. 
it's funny turning up to church before um, before any is because my amp from Saturday night would be stupidly loud, <laughs> and then uh, then I'd play it Sunday morning. I'd be, was I that loud that last? Time? That's, <laughs> that's not cool. <laughs> Well, that's when you so, need two amps, you know, one for the gig and one to stay at church. And, or you, you, know. you have to compete with that giant organ. Well, if, if <laughs> you know, if the, uh, there may not be one. And a lot of churches don't have them. They just have bands oh, now, the, you know. The, the one I belong up, to yeah. has one of those yeah. ones. A, a pipe organ? or Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah? yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, they get a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> so they can afford a pipe organ. Well, you know, then, then the gospel thing. I mean, there's, there, you know, there's Hammonds and... Who was the, the guy? Hammond thing, yeah. Who, oh, yeah. yeah. Who was the... Who was the uh, Robert Randolph. Robert Randolph. His whole family... Oh, absolutely. Came out of the oh, church. Came, came out, out of the church. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That dude has a wah-wah on a pedal steel guitar. Oh, yeah. 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 How bad is that? He's not That's the only dirt boxes too, man. That's oh, yeah. So great. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's there's a, a another kid. I call him a kid. He's probably in his twenties or thirties. I don't know, uh, but used to turn up at the uh, the jams in Annapolis that I used to play with Dean back in the day at the yeah. whiskey, uh-huh. and uh, you know, steel player like like Robert Randolph. Uh, his whole family's out of a church, kind of thing. Wow. It's like, and Isn't this guy's wild? just smoking it, man. Yeah. I mean, wow. Yeah. Well, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> Awesome. That's so cool. Yeah. 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 So so did that for a while. When I was working at the church, though, I supplemented my income by doing gigs and, and teaching. So I was I was teaching up to eighty students a week at one stage, and um, whoa. Yeah, loved it though. Loved it, and that, I guess that's what slowly moved me into the classroom. And yeah, that's very cool. You said okay. So uh, classroom, I have to ask you. Um, I know here in the states, everybody's always trying to put music back in the schools because of budget cuts and everything it's, it's one of the most first gone. Yeah, yeah it's one of the first things that went and it's 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 a skeleton of what it was yeah. how is it there is 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 music something that's of uh, you know readily available in schools and and kids take advantage of it yeah for for the most part um for high school in australia music's compulsory for the first 2 years oh wow so you have to take music for the first 2 years and then for the last 4 years um, it's an elective, so it's whether you know whether you you want to do it or not by then. Um, most yeah, most schools have have a music program um, and are resourced, I guess, to different degrees. Um, some schools have got great resources, others, you know, are struggling. And um, so, in terms, of, say, equipment, you know, musical equipment might not be um, might not be a huge priority. I guess it really depends on on the school's budget. Um, where, where I am, um, yeah, we're, we're doing okay. We've um, we've just moved into a new music room, building with rehearsal rooms and stuff, which is really cool. And we've uh-huh. got, um, yeah, we've got some some alright gear. We've got you know a bunch of guitars for sure um, and band stuff. So yeah, it's um, I guess yeah, it does depend on the school budget. But yeah, the arts do get a hammering now and then. Where I went to university to study music. Um, uh, that course went through a lot of cutbacks, um, mm. and I think just now it's just starting to to grow a little bit again. So um, yeah, the arts, you know, arts are often the first to to uh, lose the money when it's being handed out for sure, for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. But it's you know, it's it's so important. It it really is. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think I, back in my life, and and you know, I always had friends that were you know doing recreational drugs and some of them got in trouble with the law and that kept me out of that realm 
But how did music keep you out of drugs? Yeah, well, you know, (laughs) you know how it is, man. It's almost like it's mandatory. Yeah, but (laughs) when you're 20, when you're you're 13 and you want to learn how to play all the Judas Priest songs, you spend all your time in the bedroom. That's that's true. When they're out, you know, uh, throwing railroad spikes at uh, cars. (laughs) That's not fun. Yeah, yeah. There's some sort of discipline that keeps you out of mischief. No, if absolutely. You're trying to get the chops together for it, sure. It it is a discipline, and I, you know, I mean, it's sad to say. I think it's one of the only things anymore that that evokes a positive emotion. You know what I mean? It, it's sure. like you know, you you yeah. If you know, if you understand that you feel music, and I th- I think you know, so much of the world is void of of feeling. Mm. You know, I don't want I don't want to you yeah, know yeah, get I'm, into a theoretical theoretical yeah. conversation here, but. <laughs> It's it's but it's true. Yeah, it's 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 an emotional thing. At Mu- least it should be. Music is what is it? Music is the one thing that actually doesn't need any interpretation, right? No yeah. matter where you live, right? Right. So you could take some cat out of Russia that can't speak a lick of English, but you turn him on to anything musically, and he'll he'll start. And I don't care what foot. I don't care what the <laughs> instrument is. Yeah, it could be anything. Right. A kazoo. Yeah. <laughs> well. You know, yeah, well, something like, but you that. know, yes, yeah. I mean, it's just that's that's the cool thing about it. It's universal. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's how our hearts beat, right, right. Except yeah, for absolutely. EDM. <laughs> and I think when you do that, when you when you when you play music with other people, it, it forms um, an incredible bond, <clears throat> or it can do, and um, yeah, sense of community and you know, family and, and all that stuff. You know, when you. When you're making music with with your friends, that's um, it's pretty exciting. There's there's nothing much else like it. That's absolutely true, yeah, and those, and you don't know that until you experience it. Yeah, th- those things are pretty crazy. I mean, they, you know, there's certain things in life that you always remember. You know, yeah. And I remember like some of the first bands when that thing would happen, and you were yeah, all wow, on, cool. like everybody was on. It was almost like, holy crap. All this stuff just paid itself I, I, off. I mean, the smiles don't get any bigger. <laughs> yeah. They can't get any bigger, you know? Yeah. And it's you everybody's know? feeling the same thing, and yeah, it's, it's positive, and it's... It's crazy energy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's exactly what it is. Too. Can't do it's that energy. with a computer. Uh, no. No. <laughs> so um, so how did you guys get into playing and, and stuff? Um, and, Jeff, maybe about you know, how you got into amps as well. Um, I've, I've heard the episodes where you guys talk about uh, Buddha and then East Amps. Um, but, yeah, how did you guys find your way in there uh well i i started uh, you know i started playing when i was in uh in grammar school really you know i, I actually started drums guitar drum okay that's a lie that's a lie my first <laughs> actually my first instrument for just a tiny bit was accordion well there you go you know and then <laughs> it, you know, it was drums guitar drums guitar you know and I guess I, I found a pair of drumsticks before I ever found drums, and I was beating on chairs and tables. And my parents went, "We got to get you the proper things to beat on." So I, you know, got an old, you know, I, it was a Ludwig or Slingerland or something kit that That's I wish the I had because only things that existed back then. I'm I know, sure. but I wish I had it because it was wood, wood with wood rings. And oh wood, yeah. Oh, I mean the, the real. Wow. The, I don't know what it would be worth nowadays, and I don't know where it is, but um, got that, and then I decided I wanted to play guitar for a bit so you know got the beginners guitars and all that kind of stuff now was it the beatles yeah yeah yeah. was that the thing yeah yeah that's funny that's that was um you know and well actually there were 
it was it was the Beatles, but all that happened like there were three bands that happened on like the Ed Sullivan show so closely together. It was it was the the Beatles, the Stones, and the Dave Clark Five. Okay, like almost within weeks of each other, you wow. know, it's like and it, there was this all of a sudden there was rock. Yeah. There was rock, you there know. Was, there was like, guitar you know, manufacturers. For, 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 forget not showing Elvis below the belt, you know. There was rock. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that that's pretty cool. That was yeah. I'm another one that that's yeah, you know. Yeah. It was the Beatles thing. Um, wow. But I just you Is know that I just, like the Ed Sullivan show. Did you? Yes. Yeah. That you don't was, sound old enough to to have seen that. Uh, oh, I am. I am. Okay. <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. I am. Uh, I remember distinctly watching that every Sunday. That you know? is, that's pretty neat, man. Yeah. But it's, um, you know, it just kind of went from there. And uh, my dad was a musician. He played accordion. Uh, you know, okay. he was, he was oh, Polish. That's where the accordion came Right. From. He was Polish. So he played accordion. That's and, a hard instrument to play, actually. It really is. Yeah. It really is. You got I keys went, on one side, you got and buttons on button, the other. Yeah. And then you got to do the squeeze. Right. Right. Yeah. Squeeze box. Yeah. Exactly. But they're kind of big if yeah. you're a kid trying to get around one of those. Yeah, well, they make smaller ones too, and you know, yes. uh, it was kind of between the, for, if I remember correctly, kind of between the squeeze box and a full size accordion, you know. Uh, but like that, okay. yeah, probably a student, <laughs> like student. a three quarter guitar or something, exactly, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah, yep. sure, sure, of course. So you know, I did that, and um, you know, playing in high school bands and, and and all of that, and at the same time, I, I got interested in electronics, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, I started. Um, breaking the i mean taking things apart <laughs> <laughs> you know around the house the and... toaster has flames coming out of it again <laughs> <laughs> oh good that it worked um so I, you know i i just started messing with electronics and um the two eventually went together like i you know i would make a speaker cabinet with bigger with more speakers in it for my amp and things like that my grandfather was a woodworker he would make me the cabinet for it and oh brilliant you know it was it was it was a lot of fun and i wound up um going to uh school for electronics you know find that today (laughs) you you can yeah but you know what i mean yeah that was tubes too wasn't it or was it transistors actually no this was um this was okay they're replacing tubes with these things called transistors uh so we're going to learn all about that uh, and then they're starting they're starting to develop these things called ICs integrated circuits but we're not going to worry too much about those right <laughs> holy now holy crap you were right there that's how far back that's yeah. a nice little crossover that's how far back i go yeah um so I, Jeff, you know, was everyone freaking out over the ICs over having a little chip with a whole bunch of things going on you know i imagine so and and in the beginning, if I remember correctly, they were more—they were more of a binary thing, like more ones okay. and zeros and, yeah. and counters and flip flops and gates and yep. you know and gates and or gates and nand gates and nor gates and yeah, you know right. things like that. Yeah. So it was it was before you could even do a lot with them audio wise a couple of years later i mean the, all that just it broke loose you know mm-hmm. and there were audio chips all over the place you know there was there's a tiny little chip you could get you know a full two watts of audio out of and that was like you know mind blowing mind blowing yeah, blowing, yeah. <laughs> so you know we, we cool. you know i got into all that kind of stuff went to work in the, in the electronics industry and uh you know working on my own amps playing music and people ask you if you could work on their amp and 
sure. Then, hey, could you modify this? And you start learning more about it. You modify it. And then, you know, then all of a sudden it, uh, it turns into your building amps. And then somebody sees the amps you build and, hey, let's start a company. And you start a company. And then it turns into this and that. <laughs> yeah, and, wow. You know, it, it's just how many years later I am where I am now. But, you know, it's the, the, the two got tied together. And, you know, thankfully so. Thankfully so, you know, because I can I can build an okay amp and I can play a little bit of guitar to know what it sounds like. So, I think the two worked out, you know. Yeah, I think well, I think it's a well humble together. answer. He plays guitar really well and he builds awesome amps. Well, <laughs> whatever. But that's you know, it was just such an organic, natural progression. You know, it wasn't like I'm going to set out to do this. Yeah. It it just, just everything everything morphed together organically. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the way it was cool. for me. That's awesome. Yeah. And Jeff, you're known as one of the guys, one of the first guys to bring in low wattage tube amps, aren't you? True, true. When we, uh, right, right before uh, I started Buddha with my partner, Scott, um, who was always on the left coast and I was always on the right coast, um, uh-huh. he had gotten a hold of an amp that I built for a little company around here. And they, they just wanted a small amp <clears throat> to, uh, to sell because they were one of the first companies to sell vintage coverings and grill cloths and knobs and things like that and they say well let's let's sell a vintage looking amp so they had me design a a vintage looking amp and of the the cabinets for whatever reason were being made three thousand freaking miles away in in northern california and i have no idea why they had them made there but they were being made there and one of the amps wound up out there and the friend of the cabinet maker scott went wow who, who is this guy these amps you know sound great so he said let's start a company we started the company I, I i did a bunch of modifications on the amp that i was building for this little company um and all those modifications turned into uh the flagship of of buddha which was the twin master 10 and it was a it was just an 18 watt amp that yeah. sounded like a 50 you know but you could open it up you could push it you know you could get the output tubes really cooking sounded, yeah you could sounded yeah. great <laughs> you know and and you know, we said, we're going to build this 18-watt amp. And, you know, I would tell people, oh, man, I got this great amp. you got to hear it. I it's, remember when you told me. I was like, know, it's, yeah, that's awesome. What? Yeah. It's, you know, it's, I got this 18-watt amp. you got to hear it. And all these people are going, yeah, but I play live. You know, it's like, no, no, no. Uh, you got to hear this. You know, and they're looking at me like I have three eyes going, we all play 50 and 100-watt amps. Meanwhile, I'm dropping you off doing? my 100-watt Mesa. And right. I'm going, I, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and you know, people looked at us like we we were selling you know some something they didn't know what to do with until they heard it. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. once they heard it, it was like, wow, we can like we can turn this up and it sounds really big and it responds like a big amp sounding. You know, when it's when it's turned up and, and you throw a pedal in front of it. And yeah, and it and, really and, gets nasty and yeah, yeah. It, it was just it was kind of a revolution. That's awesome. That's you know, so cool. and that's that's where you know five years. Everybody looked at us like we were crazy. Five years later, everybody was building eighteen re- and twenty watt amps. I remember when yeah, it came well. out, and I, you were modding my uh, dual rectifier, and I just thought to myself, well, "Who in the world would ever want this?" <laughs> right? Like I, I was just like, "Who?" I mean, literally, you were so far ahead of what the what the club scene was going to dictate. That it was like, I was like, I don't understand. I was like, yeah, if I want to play in my bedroom, I understand it's eight. And then I went to your place and you said, listen to this thing. And I was like, 
holy crap it was so loud i remember it was shaking itself like i don't know <laughs> i don't know if the tubes were rattling something i remember that you had a demo one mm -hmm. and it was just it was like coming apart i was like oh my god this thing is loud and then you you slaved it into this monstrous sun or acoustic amplifier so whatever I, I think it was an acoustic amplifier and i was like this whole room is going to destroy itself. I mean, because it, it was some crazy wattage uh, yeah, transistor head that right, you had right, there. Right. And I was just like, I, I really see, like this, see, but I just dropped $1,700 on this other thing. <laughs> see, Mick, if this 18-watt tube amp isn't loud enough, you could always make it louder by plugging oh, yeah. it into any kind of power amp you have. Like, you know? shove it into the board. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, that's yeah, broken. so that's... That's how that happened. Yeah, cool. I, I um I got a Fender Blues Deluxe when they first came out, and they were forty watts with the you know the single twelve, and mm -hmm. uh, and it was still too loud. And a friend of mine said, you know, why don't they make a twenty watt amp or a ten watt amp? And I'm like, no one's going to make a ten watt tube amp <laughs> or a twenty watt. Oh man, but I'm glad you did, Jeff. And yeah, like you said, so many people are doing that now. It, it's the, the yeah, the rebirth, but to have a have a low body jam somewhere in in the line for these people. Hey, I think I think Fender have just put out is it a fourteen watt or a seven watt basement or something? <laughs> That's funny. Oh, I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't <laughs> something doubt like and that. And it's a lunchbox head, you know. One of those Could things, be for sure. Yeah. But you know, I mean, it does happen sometimes that that you'll get something over there that we'll never see here. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, sure. It 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 does happen. So I, I don't know how often it happens, but I know it happens. So. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, what, what's the band you play with, Jeff? Um, I I don't have a band band that I'm constantly with, but more and more lately, I've been playing with a, a friend of mine called Rob Fahey, uh, and it's mm -hmm. Rob Fahey and the Pieces. And um, Rob is uh, Rob used to be with a band called the Ravens back in the '80s, and uh, they had um, they had a big hit, which was also in the uh, the movie Fast Times at Ridgemont High called oh, okay. Ra raised on the radio yes cool and uh i i play with him a lot i play with my friend uh whenever i can uh kind of a blues roots king uh in the annapolis maryland area uh dean rosenthal uh i've also played with and had a project with uh, uh john palumbo from crack the sky yes uh, which oh, a, cool. a lot of people may not know but if you don't know if, if you don't know crack the sky you've got to check out their material um i saw them back in right after they broke in 1976 i saw them wow and it was it was a concert uh in baltimore i remember this. it was crack the sky boston yep. and fog hat and you said once you saw and crack the sky you i could have left i would i knew i was never going to see anything like that at that show or anywhere else um and that was when boston was just coming up too and fog hat was was the headliner um, wow. and cool. yeah, it was, if, if, if nobody there knows crack the sky, you've got to check their stuff out. And John Palumbo and I are, are, are good friends and he did a project a while back that he invited me to, to play with. And it was, uh, you know, we just, it was a one-off. We just did a couple of gigs, reinterpreted stuff that he had already reinterpreted. And, um, yeah, it was a room full of drop jaw people. It was just crazy. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and I'll sit in with a, cool. a bunch of other people whenever possible. That's great. So uh, yeah, and you're of course fun. running East Amps as well. Yes, yes, and we just uh, we just um, revealed the new Duality series that I have coming out now. Uh, we're putting the Venue series to bed for now. We're uh, we're 
bringing up the new duality series. Uh, the most versatile thing I've ever done, um, and it comes uh, it comes in a 20, 30, 40, and 50-watt version. So, you know, okay. a little Correct. something for everybody. Um, oh, you know, that's really funny. I just had an Australian distributor contact me. Well, look at that. Oh, really? <laughs> that's how timely. Yeah. Wow. So, that's um, cool. Oh, well, hopefully that gets on board, and we'll, we'll give it a plug down here. And, um, yeah, yeah, I'd love to check them out. I've, I've, yeah, I've seen some of the videos, the NAMM videos and stuff, and, yeah, they look awesome. We're still waiting for the, uh, the Premiere Guitar video to come out. We're revamping the website right now, and as soon as we do that, we'll, uh, we're going to start adding some, some new video content for the new, uh, for the new series. Very cool. Um, yeah, and Mick's going to help me with that because uh, I yeah. still have to figure out how to properly record these things to, to get something I'm happy with. <laughs> so, you know, I want I want it to be better than anything out there, you know, so. And we can do great, that. Man. Yes, man. Yes. Really looking forward to, to hearing that, and that's great. Yeah. yeah. It, I, I don't know that we're going to pursue Australia for at least another six months or so, but hopefully. Sure. Um, and, and, you know, maybe uh, Mick will get in touch with you. Yeah. When uh, when we do that, so uh, you can oh, let your you can yeah. let your yeah, friends we, know we that it's going to be headed that, yeah. their way. Cool, man. That would be awesome. Yeah. How about you, Mick? You're the metal guy. What <laughs> what metal were you metaling? Well, uh, it's funny because my first influence was a, a Marine band that came to my elementary school, and the guy had a '70s telecaster i remember seeing the big lettering on the headstock mm -hmm. and yeah. and he just got like a five second solo and i was like oh my god that's that's what i want to do i want to <laughs> play music and it was some that's you all know, you needed it was some band thing right wow and so but i started on drums i was like eight years old and i played drums for you know it was just marching band stuff it wasn't anything you know it was just getting rhythm mm -hmm. but then after that my uh, sister had kiss alive ah uh. And see, oh, this is where awesome. the whole thing changes, right? It's a second generation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Second generation. So uh, this this kid that lived around the corner from me, uh, he was really in. His older brother was was a was a you know rock and roller guy, you know. So he had like all the Kiss albums, and he had you know Rush, and I just remember seeing a lot of these albums. And, and but the Kiss thing was the thing, you know. It was like it was it was it was cool. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. It just was, and it was bigger than well, life. Well, it was, it was it was rock, but, but you're right, it was bigger than life because yeah. it was theatrical. Yeah, it was very theatrical. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so then, you know, I got I get my first guitar, and you know, it, it's it's the whole learning curve. And I lived way out in the country, so I didn't like have friends. That, there was nobody really to sound off of. Mm -hmm. Of course, there was no internet. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, the library was like 25 miles away. Yeah, you know, it was just ridiculous things like that, right? But my buddy, Steve Hartley, and I've mentioned him on this show many times, he, he moved into the neighborhood, and he was a drummer, but he was also a piano player, and he had a great ear. So he started teaching me how to, like, listen and, and figure the stuff out. Oh, wow. Uh, cool. And cool. so then, you know, then Judas Priest came out, and that was it, man. <laughs> you know? I mean, and, and the reason was because there was a lot of guys that I'd listened to, like, you know, like I had Alice Cooper, Killer's album, and... and uh, Ted Nugent albums and of yeah. course Pat Travers mm -hmm. Van Halen was like so off of the chart I didn't even approach <laughs> it you know mm -hmm. at that time but then Did you, do, you, do you recall hearing Eruption for the first time yeah yeah well Steve got the album and when we heard it we I remember we both looked at each other and we were like this is all gonna change this guy <laughs> this is something crazy we don't even know what this is that had to be yeah. that had to be like you know for you like me hearing Hendrix for the first time. Yeah, it was bizarre. Yeah, it's like this is yeah. not of this world. No, you know, and yeah. you know Hendrix was like this. Nobody had a Hendrix album. 
you know, nobody in my neighborhood. Mm. So we hadn't, I didn't get turned on to that until, you know, I was well into high school. Okay. And then my buddy, Nick Mathutis, who he had all the, you know, because of his older brothers and sisters, mm -hmm. he turned me on to Almond Brothers Mountain and, and all that. And I was like, there's even more, you know, it was just <laughs> cool. crazy. But I really had this whole thing with the, with, you know, with the metal scene. It was just this thing. I don't know why. So, you know, I did a thousand garage bands, you know, and, and it was tough because where we lived, there was just not, you had to drive 30 miles to go play at a club. Yeah. You right. know, it wasn't anywhere around the corner from you. So it was all these high school and, years. And, and you weren't driving. Your parents were driving. Yeah, exactly. Right. right. right? So <laughs> it was all these high school years and, you know, just bands, garage bands and playing at like parties and stuff like mm -hmm. that. Right. And it was very difficult finding guys that were, like, serious. So then after high school, you know, I found some guys. And it was a work, man. It just kept rotating. It, it was really tough. But that last, you know, thing, I found some guys. We, we ended up getting a couple CDs. And we were, you know, we were out there shopping it around. But, cool. you know, like life is, man. It just one guy just flakes out. And when you got a four-piece band... It's quick to de to end right yeah. then, you know, and it was so much work. And then I had, you know, I had two kids. Right. And I was just I had already had a, an established career in I.T. Yeah. I just had long hair and uh, <laughs> and it was just this thing that I was like, well, you know what? I got to park this because right. I got kids just, just put and, it in the bed for now. And that's know? what I did. And then as you know, I just stayed involved. Mm -hmm. You know, and but now, you know, I, I've worked this whole computer side in with this cast and the website stuff and all that. And it just keeps me connected that way. And I don't cool. lose yeah. sleep too totally. much when you know, and, playing out or anything. And you still play. So and, you know, yeah. we, can, we can still talk. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, I still play and, you know, I record to the computer and stuff. like. And I and I still have a drummer that, you know, comes yes. over and we there get together and we jam and. Just to keep the chops up, you know. Yeah, cool. Maybe one awesome. day I'll go back out there and do that thing. I really liked the studio more than I did the playing live, believe it okay. or not. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, cool. I felt very comfortable in the studio, and I think it's just because of the whole world that I live in with this. Probably. You know? Yeah. And it was interesting to me because it was like, how can we take this thing even because, you know, you'd hear it coming out of the cabinet, and you were like, how are you going to make that sound like that again? Yeah, yeah. Because that's a very hard thing to do. It is. It is. You know, you stick that microphone there and you go, that sounds nothing right, right, like right. what's coming out I of that other like room. That. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, and that's that's uh, that's an art within itself, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so Matt, that's... you were, you were saying that you, the computer that you use to do this, you, you just use for, I thought you said music. Do you record stuff yourself? Um, yeah, bits, bits and pieces. I do, um, like I mentioned, I do an ambient project, uh, like a solo ambient sort mm -hmm. of looping thing. So, um, so yeah, I record that at home. Um, I, I, I have recorded some band stuff, uh, previously, but mostly it's like demos and, um, my kids are using it now and, and, and that sort of thing. But it's, yeah, it's like a, it's like a 13 year old version of Cubase, which, um, because I haven't been on the net with this computer, it's just running pretty much flawlessly, and so I've just gotten used to that. I, I sort of haven't 
haven't upgraded it or, or whatever. But um, yeah, still recording, you know, bits and pieces, cool. bits and pieces on there. There's a there's a project I'm working on at the moment. There's a Sydney band called Palaces, and um, it's like a post rock sort of a sort of a band. And the guy who who really drives that's a, a drummer called Mike Quigley, fantastic musician. So he writes all the parts, he charts all the parts, um, and we've been tracking some parts for that um, recently. So that that's been good fun. Um, that's not at my place. That's a, we've been working in some other studios, um, but that's been good fun too. Yeah. So I I totally love the whole recording thing too it's a lot of fun cool very cool um do you um it, how is the recording situation there do you, do you guys still use amps or is it all software and uh it does it vary a lot i mean I, it varies a lot here oh yeah a that's, lot. that's a great question um some of the guys i've talked to um a, a big session guys here here in in sydney and melbourne um uh, my first interview was a mate of mine called Michael Dolce, and he um, he's played on he's been in the house band for The Voice, the Australian version of The Voice, and oh, okay. he does a lot of touring and stuff. Um, Peter Northcott, one of the most probably one of the most recorded guys in Australia. Um, a lot of those guys are using um, amp effects, using the fractal stuff mm -hmm. for the studio. Um, there's because a lot of the studios here, and I guess it's 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 all over the place. A lot of the big studios are not running anymore um and if you add to that for the session guys they're just trying to get in and out get the job done quickly right. and efficiently so um there is a lot of that uh yeah a lot of like digital amping going on here for sure um it was by accident the first three electric players i interviewed uh were all fractal endorsers i didn't i didn't even know um <laughs> i knew i knew for one of them i said now oh, tell me about your amps and you know that you know they point to the rack um and really, on on the recorded stuff, it, you know, these guys are pulling pulling great sounds. Um, so yeah, there's a fair bit of that stuff going on. Um, uh, Michael Dolce, he's like I said, he was my first guest. He's such a great fusion guy. When he's doing small gigs, he'll always take an amp. When when he can, he'll always use. Um, he'll always have an amp. He's working on a, a signature amp at the moment. But for the voice, that's all in ears. So you know, he just uses his um, his axe effects there for the. Mm -hmm. For the recordings he does um, during that season, you know, as they're releasing singles and things, that's that's all the amp effect stuff too. So, um, yeah, there, there is a lot of that. Um, but most guys will say, yeah, if they can, not everyone, but but yeah, you know, if they can, they'll they'll get a big amp and crank it up and stick a mic in front. That's still, um, mm -hmm. well, you know, that's still a lot of fun for people. And, and you know, sure. if you own one of those Axe Effects or an Eleven Rack or a Kemper or anything like that. Mm -hmm. You you know they have uh, you can bypass you know and go go into a cabinet. You can actually run the amp emulation out to the house and run a signal through a cabinet and actually push air. Yeah, and yeah. It, it will have a somewhat of an emulation. It won't have as much. I I think if I'm right, I I, I may be wrong, but I think the yeah. emulation yeah. that happens through the cabinet is not, or it could be something completely different. Than what's going out front of house because when you emulate an amp sound you really want to have a flat speaker and yeah. if you run it through like a marshall 412 it's not going to sound like what you oh absolutely you know? yeah because that, that's, yeah. that's the whole thing well, is, see that's that's why they're making these <clears throat> those monitors the full range yeah. monitors now for guys yep. that do that and you know play through the x effects or, or kempers or play through their computer yep you yep. know all that kind of stuff they're they're sending 
the the same thing to that full range wedge so they that can they're hear listening the, to the that, modula- that they're the model. that they're yeah. hearing uh, that they're sending to the house yeah um you know and it's yeah to sure, me it's weird sure. it is it is because a stereo yeah, speaker like you said, does there things. are different stages peter northcott he used to um he used to run the axe into a a hughes and ketna triamp but he, he would just run it into the power section mm-hmm. and then out of the power section he'd run that into a guitar 212 so he was using for life he'd use the digital um pretty much the preamps and the effects i guess but from the power amp on mm-hmm. it was an all analog signal and he was he was digging that. I think he's just gone all digital, though. I think he's gone to the full range monitors hmm, and it's so just lamp, like in the last few days, even I just saw on uh, on, on Facebook. But yeah, there's, there's lots of guys who are kind of splitting it, um, yeah, between the digital and the, and the analog thing. And yeah, um, yeah, yeah I was going going full range. What was the Steve Vai the other day on Jude Gold's podcast? Uh, he said that he uses the Axe Effects for uh, for. Uh, for the effects. For the effects. Yeah, Dust and a lot of guys effects. do that. Oh, yeah. That's an expensive piece for That's some pedals. That's a hell of an effects processor, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm like, you know, holy crap. It's yeah. a couple that, grand. That's, that's, that's <laughs> using a full computer yeah, yeah. to make a couple of effects. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, you know. Full on. I, yeah. Although, it? if you think about it, he, he was busting up the uh, the Eventide. Was it the H3000s back in the day? And yeah, were, um, yeah. They cost you an arm and a leg too. So. Let me tell oh, yeah. you, it, oh, Steve, yeah. Steve Vai single-handedly made that company what it is. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. Nobody had those things in any rack, and then he come out with it, and it was like they could not make them fast enough. Mm-hmm. And now they have like a they have a pedal version that does. Yeah, because I th- I think the Eventides that that equipment started out as like signal processing. Yeah, kind of. It was gear. just a harmonizer. Yeah, it, it, a very yeah, sophisticated. Stuff, yeah. yeah, yeah, very sophisticated harmonizer. Mm-hmm. But that's what he used it for. Now they have a thing called the H nine. I saw yeah. it the other day. Yeah. That is a full blown palette of of effects in a very small format that you put on the stage. It's like a stomp box. Mm-hmm. Very expensive, and when you buy sure. this thing, it's all software driven. So you hook the pedal up to your laptop, and you right. you, you go into the parameters and adjust it as according. It got very good reviews at the NAM shows. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm seeing uh, them more and more pop up on on pedal boards for sure. Yeah. A young guy I know's got one, and um, he's telling me about it. Because yeah, I haven't downloaded the Spring Reverb yet. <laughs> Yeah, because if you buy like, what? <laughs> yeah, if you buy these packages, it, it opens the pedal up more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can buy like a basic version or this ultimate version. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's what they, awesome. they don't they don't ha- they don't have to put everything in the pedal. It's just kind of you know, it's it's the tool. Yeah, that you then buy what you need for. You know, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, when the EMP hits, don't worry. <laughs> All that will stop working, and it'll that's be right, right back to wall. I'm, I'm, I'm still going to be playing my tube amp. Yeah, still going to be it. playing it'll my still, tube amp. It'll still work. That's right. Cool. Jeff, you're at you're at Summer Nam, um, and I know you were both at, at Winter Nam. Um, was there anything you're interesting um, you guys saw at those shows? Well, you know, when you exhibit at Nam, you rarely get a chance to see anything else. Sure, at sure. NAMM. So you're on the job, I guess. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're on the job. That's. Um, and, and it was kind of a busy, a busy weekend. And it, thankfully, it was a short NAM. Although, the extra like Sunday is usually when people 
get a chance to bust out of their booth and it's like okay well you you hold the fort down for an hour i'm gonna go take a look around and see things uh -huh. but i really didn't have a chance to to get out and see much of anything so i um you see more guitar manufacturers and amp manufacturers and you go where are these guys from yeah you know like like you see like when we were at winter nam there was this company behind us and all their guitars were made out of aluminum Okay. And they were just the most dangerous looking things that you could ever hold. <laughs> it was just points everywhere. And I'm going, how can you and they come and they had like fifteen models. I'm like, who are you selling these things to? I mean <laughs> Death Metal. Yeah, but death metal. <laughs> well, you know well healed death metal guys. It's <laughs> it's right. all like that dark Swedish metal, you know. Mm -hmm. like, oh, yeah. It's like how are you doing here at Winter Nam in California? <laughs> <laughs> Only the Swedish guys are coming by signing up for it. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing how it's, uh, the amount of stuff being made these days. I mean, there's guys like Jeff who've been around for a long time. Um, but yeah, I mean, even in Australia, we're, we're like we're we're a large nation. We we cover you know, a similar square mileage to to the states. But in terms of population, there's just 22 million or so people here, and um, but there's builders everywhere. I, you know, I guess it's the net, isn't it? Like, yeah. for example, everyone's building a boutique pedal these days. Oh, for sure. And they sure. all sound amazing. Oh, yeah. um, and it's a lot of the time it's guys who are into electronics and now, like, you know, the schematics are so readily available. Um, it's easy to breadboard a, a, you know, a fuzz face and then move on to something else and mm -hmm. and uh, and move along. So there's lots of, I guess, here and, and I expect over your way too, there's lots of um, very small kind of boutique kind of guys thousands of yeah them. springing up and, and doing things all over the place yeah. all over the place which I'm, is a, it, it's actually a great thing yeah because you know you can find every version of whatever you want and you know maybe you know you don't have to pay or you don't how do i say it you'll pay a little bit more but you're getting, you know, you may be getting very good quality parts. Like as something that's to, custom. Yeah. You know, yeah. As opposed to buying the, the, you know, the big name thing that was made in China because it's their version of whatever. And, yeah. You know, sure, and then you sure. get it repaired six times and, <laughs> and you know. Right, right. That type of thing. Definitely. Spending big money and if you on want a, it. if you want a special quirk, you know, yeah. you know the, these little guys will, will definitely accommodate all that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And it should say East on the front of it, just so you know. <laughs> well, the uh, oh, there will be there. There should be a new wah for the uh -oh. for the holiday season. Do you have a name for it? Well, it's I, I'm I'm being told it's going to have to be called the Bober Wah. Well, there you go. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, yeah. I like it too. That's like the Bober Fett. Oh, exactly. Well, there you go. Yeah, it's it's kind of a whole theme thing. Yeah, yeah the, the new the new duality amps have a, a Bober Fett function yes so that's for all you star wars geeks <laughs> Is that, does that involve a mosfet or something it does it does it does now, was that based off of that little device that best. you brought in that one time yes. yes so what that'll do is you'll sound uh your guitar will all of a sudden uh it's different when it's in the amp it's different when it's oh, running it? yeah it's different when it's running different voltages in in, in the oh amp. my it's, god it's when crazy. you hooked that thing up i was like well richie blackmore just stepped into the room <laughs> yeah it was it was because that's that you little go. box was running on nine volt and for <laughs> for some reason it 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 wound up getting a blackmore sound which i should probably build that damn thing into my guitar now that i'm thinking about it but <laughs> yeah because I, I was like he goes this is how it went jeff goes yeah i built this little pedal 
And I was like, yeah, because everybody does that. Right. And uh, <laughs> and he said, you got to hear this. He goes, when I plug it in, he goes, it really has that whole Blackmore sound to it. He plugged it in. And I was like, holy crap, that sounds just like Richie Blackmore's guitar. Wow. Well, I mean, you do I have to awesome. have a Strat and a decent amp, you know. You were playing yeah. through that telly. Oh, it was a telly. It was it? Yeah, it wasn't a Les Paul though, because a lot of times no, I'd no, be no, playing yeah, a Les yeah. Paul, but it was a, yeah, it was a telly. Yeah, so that's cool. Yeah, yeah. I was so. wondering, Jeff, if you'd if you'd made pedals, so that's that's cool. Yeah, well, the uh, you know, in the uh, the Buddha days, we had the boudoir, and that that developed from that was brought into the product line after I had been modifying wah pedals for years. I mean, I was oh, okay. Yeah, you know, sure. I I developed. Um, you know, again, I developed a, a, a pedal mod and, and an inductor actually that sounded like the old phasal inductors before anybody else got into that kind of thing. I wanted to say, well, okay, well, why, why did the old ones sound better? And you know, nine times out of ten, the answer from everybody was the inductor. You know, so I, um, I was able to come up with the, the parts to emulate the old phasal inductors as, as best possible. And I started modifying was, you know, putting those in, making a true bypass and everything, and. You know, wow, I was doing cool. loss for for like Steve Vai and Vernon Reed, you know, wow. and all those kind of people. You know, first time I I brought a wah out to the Vai, it was it was actually at the old Hammerjacks, <laughs> you know. And I said, you know, you want to try this? Yeah, I definitely want to try because he was a big wah user. That's when he had a singer in the band. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I forget what that album was called. Okay, oh, and I and I uh, I plugged the wah in, um, and before the wah was on he just he just hit the guitar and went i can hear the difference already you know because it was a true bypass and there yeah. was nothing loading the signal down and then he played it went uh yeah i got like a couple more right here can you take those and modify them? yeah sure so we wow. uh, we were That's doing that cool. that morley tried to knock that off with the bad horsey and they oh, never okay. even, they yeah. never even really got close but um that bad horsey is annoying because it's like a just a little bit of a delay because you got to activate the pedal yeah, yeah and it's not a oh, button okay, yeah it's got it, the auto yeah, yeah i've played a couple of pet wires like that They're, that that is always kind of weird yeah and if you want to do that thing that michael shanker thing the half cock yeah, yeah you can't, you yeah, can't do it pocket, of course yeah you know and that that is a neat sound man oh absolutely and i tell everybody go ahead and do that absolutely <laughs> yeah yeah that, that cuts that cuts through a you'll fall in love with mid-range oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then i used to uh you know and i know dunlop had it out before i did it they had a reissue way back of of the fuzz face but it really wasn't right at all so i okay. um i did a copy of the the original fuzz face board Great. right after they had that and you know i built some of those and you know some players had those um i i um I sold a bunch of boards to um, Renee Martinez, Stevie's Tech, because yes. the boards, oh, okay. yeah. you know, you can't fix those things too many times before the traces lift up. And he went, yes. you know, can yeah. I just buy some of the boards and like rebuild Stevie's fuzz faces with the boards? So he bought some boards for me and he rebuilt Stevie's fuzz faces. And uh, wow, you know, that's that cool. was before I built the uh, the amp and the cabinets for him. Holy but crap, you know, that was. Um, <laughs> So yeah, I've been kind of doing it for a while. You, you did a Zenwa, <laughs> right? Or Zen, uh, no, I'm sorry, a Zen. Um, uh, uh, it had like a little Buddha guy on it. It was a, it was a, it was a distortion pedal, right? Yeah, oh, uh, the, um, the, the the Fat the, Man and the, the Zen Man. Yeah, that's it. Yes. Yeah, a lot of that was, uh, that was Scott's doing, and he had. Oh my God, the name is escaping me. Now, um, same guy that designed. The uh, Mesa similar pedal oh. worked on on that. Really? 
really? particular pedal. Yeah, now the name is escaping me. Um, yeah, he brought in the original, um, uh, what came to be known as our Fat Man pedal. You know, he, brought, he, brought, he brought that yeah. design in, and you know, we tweaked that a little bit. And then I took that design, and then I turned that into um, the Zen Man and the Fat Bass. And the Fat Bass turned out to be a lot of studio guys' secret weapon. You know, they... Um, what, what was that, the Fat Bass? What was the idea there? Uh, it was uh, it was a, a a bass overdrive pedal like you know the fat oh, okay. the, both of them all, all three of them were were had um, two twelve ax sevens in them running at at real voltages. Oh wow! Um, and so yeah, it was, there was a that's uh, a pedal. Yeah, oh that's a pedal, all right. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So you know we had the fat man, then we had the zen man, then we had the fat bass, um, and the fat bass. I mean, to me, once I got finished with it, you could you could plug that in between like your bass and i i had an old like 115 pv solid state amp in the shop that i would play uh-huh. through and and the tone was very svt ish hmm. you know wow. uh, plus you could get a lot more gain out of you could you could get some dirt and you know i love bass with dirt on it man because it just oh, it's, yeah, yeah. it's so big you know it, it adds harmonics that really need to be there for a bass to cut through a mix you know yeah. mm-hmm. and it's that's that's a bass player's secret weapon uh, and that fat bass cool, turned out to be a lot of guys' secret weapons. So yeah, well, I always told bass players, I'm like, uh, you, you, it doesn't have to sound like a grand piano, right? Put a little hair on, put a little hair thing. on that thing. Absolutely, yeah, you'd be surprised. That was the thing, hey, uh, especially in the '90s, everyone's talking about that piano-like bass. Oh, I hated well, that. Just get a piano. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. You can be replaced with a keyboard. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Now a little bit of hair on bass is a good thing. I'm, I'm with you guys for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Well, hello. Is there anything hey. we haven't covered yet? We've Matt? we've covered no. it, man. This has been fun. It's been a fun yeah. chat. Yeah. Absolutely. Talking about the stuff. So we want to tell what's everybody up, what's coming up for you guys. Can oh, I ask that? Yeah, we got a. Uh, well, we got Mr. Tommy Conwell, who was a had a. Oh, had some hits in the eighties and Tommy Conwell and, uh, and Rumblers. Yeah, he's he's a he's a local guy out of Philadelphia, but you know, he had a national record and and just this this interview should be very interesting. Absolutely. <laughs> uh-huh. there's there's a couple guys we're keeping on the wraps because we're trying to get yeah. the uh, get the calendar straightened yeah, out. I'm locking oh, everything sure, up, sure. but uh, Yeah, yeah. You know, we got we got some cool ones coming up. And then up. Uh, oh my god, who did I mention? Um that we're going to sit down um, with um, um, yeah. next week. Hang on, let me let me um, get this here. It's, it's in my... <laughs> you told me and I forgot. Uh, this is good it's... pod. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is the planning meeting. It is. Um, but we want all of our listeners to go over... A, a guitar player that, that, that some people may know, some people may not, but guy's been around for a while and kind of very big in... I don't know whether you want to call it... It's stoner rock sludge. I don't. I don't really don't know when, and we'll find out what the genre actually is. But his uh-huh. name is uh, his name is Wino, and um, you can't go wrong with that. Uh, you can't. <laughs> and he's been he's kind of iconic. You know, he's, he's yeah. been around for a while. So we uh, we should be sitting down with him next week, I think, or in two oh, weeks. Awesome. I'm sorry, in two weeks. So all of our fans, uh, they should they should be checking out the uh, Guitar Speak Guitar podcast. Speak podcast. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, learn, sure. learn, learn some, versa, uh, course, learn, yeah, learn some Australian, uh, Australian musicians, because uh, Australia has this knack for when when bands break out of Australia, they kick major ass. Totally, I mean they really do. You yeah. know, right now ACDC is probably playing a hundred eighty thousand seat venue, 
and there's no room left. Right. Right. Yeah. And yeah, I heard Cliff yeah, Williams. So I heard this is it for Cliff Williams. He's done. Oh yeah. Yeah. They say when the, when this tour is over, he's no longer doing it. So there's only going to be one original, original. guy. It's yeah, gonna, it's going to be weird if he keeps it going. Angus, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they'll have to find a singer. Axl Rose cannot. Yeah, he can't keep doing both. No, no, no. So, <laughs> who knows? Who knows? It's a thing. It's a it's a thing. It's funny down here. Obviously, ACDC are a love down here as well as you know anywhere else. And we, we 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 claim them as our own. Although even even the Young Brothers are, um, I think they're from Scotland. Scotland, originally. yeah. So yeah, yeah. So and um. And Angus lives in the Netherlands, I think, um, <laughs> with his uh, with his wife there. But um, yeah, it was funny when when Axl Rose started doing the gigs. There were some there were some fans here that were very upset. And there were other fans that were kind of okay with it. And I think once they did some shows and people heard Axl in the band, a lot of people think, well, yeah, it's kind of working okay. It's going all right. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess if Angus wants to keep going, he he's got every right to keep it going. I mean, at that point, it's almost a tribute band. Well, it, it's not quite a tribute band because the main guy, well, yeah. the main guy died decades ago, but, you know. Exactly. Um, I don't know. We've, we've bon, had the... Bon would have been 70 years old this year. Wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah he just would have celebrated a birthday. We've had this conversation about tribute bands before. And, yeah. You know, it's, uh, yeah. I don't know. You know, there's something about that. As long that, as it doesn't turn into a parody. Yeah, that, that magic that happened... Yeah, you know when you break that. Now, when Brian came in, I mean, he was able to really fill a big pair of shoes. Absol- absolutely. And and you know, was it with that band longer than Bond? Yes. And you know, now it's kind of like, you know, you don't have to prove anything. Right. Right. You I know, mean, you've kind of conquered the world. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's he just just chill out and go in and like surprise people and sit in once in a while here and there. Yeah. It, you know, I I I don't think he's. I don't think he's going to starve, you know. No, <laughs> so, no, no, no. I think he's all right. I think he's, he's all right. He's probably he's got a right. couple dollars in the bank. What do you I, think? I think so. Yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> if not, he's probably got a couple of Marshalls to sell. Not just know? a couple. Yeah, maybe a couple right. guitars. When, when... <laughs> maybe a couple guitars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool, cool. Man. Um, yeah. Well, that's that's music for me. Oh, one one final thing. I did I did speak to an old friend of yours, um, Gretchen Men, the other day, who said to say hello. Oh, nice. Love Gretchen. Yeah. yeah. Love Gretchen. She's, She's a lot awesome. of fun. That was, that was cool. So, uh, yeah, I will, um, I will be posting an interview with her in the next couple of weeks. Oh, so, you, you um, interviewed her? Yeah. Well, huh. it's funny. I um, I knew, it's weird. I knew she was a rock, I knew her rock instrumental stuff, but I knew she did the Zeppelin show. So I've followed her instrumental stuff for a few years. Um, but I don't, I, I don't think I'd heard your interview with her because obviously she's got this whole background as a classical guitarist uh, yeah. as and, well. And a commercial airplane pilot. Yeah, oh, yeah, the pilot, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is mind-blowing because when you meet Gretchen, she's a very small, right, right. just, you know, petite woman, and you're going, uh-huh. you fly How do jumbo you control jets? this airplane, right? It's crazy. <laughs> I just, it's almost hard to, yeah, I just can't even... Fathom picture her in the uh uniform you know what i mean yeah could you imagine being here, here's something for I, you i was gonna i was gonna say something i'm not even gonna say it because it would just come imagine off as, be as sitting demeaning. in your seat on southwest and here comes gretchen and she goes up into the, in the cockpit, cockpit and you're like hey what the hell are you doing <laughs> I, I just assumed it was a steve boss thing because you know she's 
she's a she's a big Steve Morse fan, so yeah. I just assumed, yeah. you know, she just followed right along. You know, the music <laughs> man, the alternate picking. Yeah, you never know, Why man. Playing? That could be. Yeah, it could be. Anyway. Did did you see but the yeah, um, she was the... awesome. She was cool and she um she had great things to say about you guys. Oh nice. Oh yes. Yeah. Well, right back at her. Absolutely. Yeah, she's a great girl. I bend her ear all the time. <laughs> Speaking of Steve Morse, did you see the uh the 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 version yes. the jazz version of a smoke on the water they posted yes. it's awesome i love yeah, it it's pretty cool <laughs> you gotta see that i haven't one. heard that what, what's that about oh man uh it's, well, it's deep purple it's it, it can we put the link on the amps and axes and that way he can find it we can totally put it yeah up there. on the facebook yep. cool cool no actually, so it's actually you know, deep purple doing it oh yeah we'll yeah. put it we'll oh, put wow. it up on the website oh, we'll put it up on the website okay yeah yeah okay. yeah it, it's the it's this version of deep purple so steve morris is in deep purple right yeah yeah, it's yeah. it's the current version. Yes. of, of yeah. Deep Purple, but it's, and it uh, looks it's, like a really it's the atrium old, of old some bunch place. of guys. Yeah, oh yeah, but they're in the, they're in this like glass atrium of yeah, some yeah, it's place, weird, like a isn't it? office building or or, or or motel or hotel or something. It's doing a very different version of Smoke on the Wall. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. We'll put it up. We'll put it up. I definitely will. So nice. All right, Matt. Well, hey man, thank you very much. It's uh, yeah. it was so much fun talking to uh, tomorrow. Yes, yes, and and reliving yesterday. That's reliving yesterday. There we go. No, really great to talk to you guys. It's a little bit surreal because I I hear you guys in my headphones at home, but you're not talking to me, so this has been really fun. (laughs) There you go. Right back at you. I haven't heard you in our headphones yet except for today, but uh, I'll go go check it out now. I've listened to a couple of his episodes. Oh, cool. I had to check it out. That's right. Who are these people he's talking to? Due diligence. And how do I get a hold of them? Right. There you, you know, go. <laughs> the problem is, see, is I make a phone call and it costs us 400 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Been there. <laughs> Martin. Oh, <yeah. laughs> that was, but that was a good one. Yes, that it was. was. I, that I, was you know that, what? For you, me, that was a huge icon. You just got to pay the money and move that's on. That's it. Wow. <laughs> so. All right, oh, Matt. Bar. Yeah, that was awesome. I love that. Yeah. 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 That was very good. Cool. That was very good. <laughs> All right, Matt. Well, thank you so much for taking the time, and uh, go grab your second cup of coffee, and uh, yeah, we're going to go grab dinner. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> and we'll uh, Mick will let you know. This 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 will be up this this will be right? up uh, this Saturday, your Sunday. Right, your Sunday. Okay, so, cool. There you go. <laughs> and, and depending uh, upon well, yeah, when, looking forward to uh, yeah, it's cool. That'd be great. And also, um, yeah, keep in touch. Let us know if East ends up really East in Australia, and we'll. Um, <laughs> Yeah, love to check it out and definitely um, give it a plug on our show too. So for sure, yeah, keep in touch, fellas. Absolutely, absolutely. And That's a hell of a road trip. Let us <laughs> uh, let us know if there's anybody there that uh, you think we should have on. Yeah, we'll do for cool. sure. Absolutely. Hey, man. Very good. All right, Matt. Thank you so much, man. Have a great uh, day. <laughs> Thanks, guys. You too. Take care. Bye. Okay. Bye now. All right, that was my conversation with Mick and Jeff from Amps and Axes. And, you know, as you heard in the interview, they've been around for yeah, two and a half years putting out a weekly show. They've got a lot of episodes. In fact, they've got about 120 more episodes than me. They've, they've been around. So I really appreciate them having me on the show. And it was fun too. It was just like talking to old friends about, you know, guitars. And that's always good. Hey, you should definitely check out Amps and Axes. Um, check out their shows. They've got like this huge back catalogue. They've talked to guys like Greg Howe and Richie Cotson and Jennifer Batten and uh, heaps, heaps more. So definitely, um, definitely check those guys out. 
All right, well, that's about it from us here at Guitar Speak. But listen, if you want more Guitar Speak, you can subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher. Uh, you can talk to us on Instagram or Facebook. We're on there. You could uh, you can even look us up on guitarspeakpodcast.libsyn.com. We'd love to hear from you guys. All right, thanks again for joining us this week. We'll see you again next week on the Guitar Speak podcast. Bye now.